Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, and I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate miracles together. This morning's memory verse comes from Psalm 8, 4. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them. Let us pray. Lord God of exceeding abundance, we come to worship you as the one who is able to do all things well. As we seek you in your message today, build our faith. Unleash the powerful life of your Son within our hearts, making us what you want us to be, what you created us to be. Blessed are you, sovereign God, creator of all. To you be all the glory and praise forever. You founded the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. In the fullness of time, you made us in your image. And in these last days, you have spoken to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. As we rejoice in the gift of your presence among us, let the light of your love shine in our hearts, your Spirit renew our lives, and your praises ever be on our lips. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This morning's call to worship comes from Psalm 8. Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, through chapter 2, verse 4. Genesis 1, 26 through 2, 4. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, Everything that has a breath of life, 
I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Hallowed it. Because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And this, my friends, is the word of God for the people of God. We move to joys and concerns. And I just want to remind you that um, as I'm praying, don't be shy. We are, you're listening to me pray, but really we're, we're praying to God together. We're communicating with God as the body of Christ. So as I'm praying, you feel free to yell out a name to him. You let out a, whatever anxiety, whatever fear, whatever uh, pain, uh, sickness, concern, anything that you have. You just yell it out to the Lord. Please don't be shy. He already knows what's on your heart. So we're in this together. Let us pray. Almighty God, we bless you for our lives and we give you praise for your abundant mercy and grace we have received and continue to receive. We thank you for your faithfulness, even though we are not that faithful to you. Lord Jesus, we ask you to give us all peace in our minds, our bodies, our souls, and our spirits. We ask you to heal and remove everything that is causing stress and grief and sorrow in our lives. Let your peace reign in our families, in our place of work, in the local businesses and everything that we lay our hands on. Let your angels of peace go ahead of us when we go out and stay by our side when we return. Grant us peace of minds. Calm our troubled hearts. Bless us with the strength and clarity of mind to find our purpose and walk the path that you've laid out for us. We trust your love, God, and we know that you will not only heal those that we lift up to you this morning, but you will also heal this nation as well. Just as the sun rises each day against the dark of night, bring us clarity with the light of God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. The title of this week's message is, Just Who Do We Think We Are? Last week, we discussed the need to test the spirits against the truth found in the written word. I reminded you all that testing the spirits, the spirits is a responsibility of each believer as a body of Christ, and we're to use the gifts of discernment God has given us. So after testing the spirits and the message, we should only be left with the truth of God's word. Well, this week I want to continue with the truth and what God has planned for us, the created. Now, bear with me. This is going to remain part of this series, and I'll have more coming up behind it. So I don't, I don't want you to think this is a negative message. You have to hear the rest of the messages in the following weeks to kind of put it all together. It's the big picture. But today I want to start out by asking a question. Am I the only one that sometimes uses a knife in place of a screwdriver. How many of you have done the same thing? I'm sure I'm not alone. But is that what the knife is actually intended for? To be a screwdriver? 
Were knives created to loosen or, or tighten screws? No, of course not. Knives were created to put loads and tons of butter on my toast. And apparently in these parts, it's used to spread blueberry jelly and everything you eat. But wouldn't you agree a knife works best when it's used for its original intended purpose? I'm sure we all agree, but I would bet that somebody will be doing it again this week. They will be using a knife for a screwdriver. Now, some of you may know that I golf with Alan Daly every week. Um, well, to be honest, he golfs. I just kind of hit the ball all over the place. But one week, my ball was just off the green. And I asked him if it was legal for me to use my putter from the rough. He laughed and said I could use a putter as a driver if I wanted to. But that got me thinking. You see, putters were designed or created to finesse the golf ball into that tiny, way too small hole in the middle of the green. It wasn't designed to be used as a driver, and if you did use it for a driver, it would be disastrous. It wouldn't make sense to use that putter for anything other than for the reason it was created, to putt. Do you see where I'm going at? It makes much more sense to use something for the reason it was created. You wouldn't use an ashtray to serve a meal, right? I know that's gross, but it helps me drive my point. So what about mankind? Why were we created? What was or what is our intended purpose? Why did Jehovah Elohim, the eternal creator, create us? And as you, as you ponder those questions, ponder one more. As you look around this nation and the world, do you think we're living up to our original purpose or design that God intended? So just think about that as we listen to today's message. So why did God create mankind? He created mankind to bear his image and rule his creation. Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 27 describes how our creator made all things in six days, including men and women. In verse 26 we read, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Amen. Throughout the creation account of Jesus, you'll notice God's image is not placed in anything else. He intended us, mankind, to reflect and glorify him as his image bearers. So I ask again, look around our nation, look around the world. How are we doing as God's image bearers? What in the world is wrong with this world? When we look around and we see all the fighting and lying and cheating and destruction and sickness, all the sorrow and the murders, we have to wonder how things got the way they are. Well, that starts with the very first humans, of course. They chose to disobey God and brought sin and death into the world. 
Romans 5.12 tells us. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all, because all have sinned. Since that time, mankind has become estranged from God, and the world has gone mad, especially in these recent years. Isaiah 43.7 tells us we were created for his glory. But how do we bring him glory by prohibiting prayer in schools and government meetings? How do we bring him glory by removing crosses from government lands? How do we bring him glory by denying his son, Jesus Christ, is the only way to heaven? How do we give him glory by telling our country on national TV that God could not cure this pandemic, that only man could? And brothers and sisters, how do we bring him glory? By replacing him with other idols. Deuteronomy 8.19 warns us, If you do forget the Lord your God and follow other gods to serve and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. I believe this nation, I believe this world has found other gods or idols to worship and serve. Perhaps it's a god of greed or selfishness or power or authority. And all idolatry starts in the heart, a heart that is opposed to God. Whatever we run to in times of trouble or whatever we look to for enjoyment or safety, that is what we worship. Maybe it's a sports team. Maybe it's work. Or maybe it's just pleasure. Pleasure of the flesh. Surely the decay of our society hasn't happened because we are doing as God originally intended. No, we are like those knives trying to loosen a screw. We seem to beat our chests in defiance of God's word and instructions. Missing worship service is no longer a big deal in this generation. The majority of kids aren't even encouraged to attend. But yet God created us to crave community with one another for his glory. But we've declared ourselves gods, and we live within our own rules and our own desires. It would seem that the world has lost that first love that we read about in Revelation. Matthew 6.33 tells us, Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First. Strive first for the kingdom of God. Not after we've satisfied ourselves or gotten one over on the neighbor. First. Strive first for the kingdom of God. In Deuteronomy 10.20, we're commanded, You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. Not paychecks, not careers, not success, not beauty, and certainly not sin. Yes, we can worship sin in whatever form that takes. In Luke 4.8, we hear Jesus instruct us, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Worship and serve. We are called to worship God. But what does that look like? I read a great definition of worship somewhere, and it goes like this. Worship means using our minds and hearts and bodies 
to express the worth of God and all he is for us in Jesus. Let me say it again. Worship means using our minds and hearts and bodies to express the worth of God and all he is for us in Jesus. So worship extends into all areas of our lives, not just Sunday worship. We worship and glorify God in the way we work, how we conduct ourselves in relationships, how we handle money, and how we show generosity and compassion to others. Everything we do is an act of worship and is intended to not only give glory to God, but it's intended to encourage and strengthen other Christians and even to show those who don't know God how incredible he is and what he's done in our lives. It's called being a witness. It's a call to humility, praising God for all he has done, not what we think we have done without him. Our governor said God will have no part in a COVID-19 cure. Do you think he'll give him credit when the cure is found? I think not. Who do you think he will credit? I've heard politicians mock people for telling others who've lost loved ones that their thoughts and prayers are with them. They publicly asked, what good do prayers do? We have testimonies from people right here in this community on the effectiveness of prayer. But see, their voices won't be heard on national TV as a witness to the world that we are serving a living God who still cares about his people. Nope. Instead, we hear God will have no part in healing, and Jesus is not the only way to heaven. You see, the world looks at God's commands and wants to do the opposite. It's called sin. But sin goes much deeper than just our words and our actions. We sin because it's what we want to do most. Our actions are based on our biggest desires. Desires come from our heart. So that makes sin a heart problem, that desire problem. In Matthew 12, 34 through 36, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. Sin is fundamentally a rebellion against God. It's a rejection of his commands and a rejection of him. We are not created to live in sin, brothers and sisters. We were created to bear his image and rule his creation. When Christians bear a false image of God through selfish, deceitful, or judgmental actions, people judge God and want no part of him. That's like using an ashtray to serve a meal. But our creator God has not abandoned his creation, a creation that seems to abandon him. In Genesis 3, 9, I love, we hear God calling out to Adam, where are you? Well, I believe he's asking us the same question today. He's asking Christians, where are you? We need to get back to the basics. Reading our Bibles, spending time in prayer, worshiping God, praising God, and glorifying the one who created us 
for his glory. We were created to serve and worship God, bearing his image of love and forgiveness to others. And we have a great example to follow. His name is Jesus, the Christ. Someone wrote this analogy a while back, and, and I think it's perfect. It goes like this. Suppose you were sick and called the doctor who came and gave you a prescription. But after thinking it over, you decided to ignore his advice and refuse the medicine. When he returned a few days later, he found your condition much worse. Could you blame the doctor? Could you hold him responsible? He gave you the prescription. He prescribed the remedy, but you refused it. Jesus is a remedy, my friends. Don't refuse him. Come to him. Ask him into your life. I promise you this, it will change you forever. Or should I say, it'll change you for eternity. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for blessing us with your church family. Bring us into unity through you. We ask that anything that is hidden in darkness to cause disunity will be brought to light. Lead us into your perfect truth and help us to be the church you intend us to be. Help us to be a blessing to one another and to others that don't know you. Reveal yourself to us and let us come into agreement with you. Lead us in your ways. Grant us compassionate hearts. Fill us with your love that does not keep records of wrong. And bring joy to our hearts when we think of one another. Bring your perfect peace and unity into our church as we join together in the Lord's Prayer. Please pray with me this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are invited to give with generosity, to minister in caring ways, to lead with diligence, and to teach with enthusiasm. We cannot be all things to all people, but we can tithe the many gifts that God pours out on us. And we can do our best to live up to God's trust in us. If you're listening from home, of course, we won't be taking a collection up. But I just remind you, you could send your tithes and offerings to Post Office Box 104 in Salisbury Center. You can just keep laying the money aside until we're able to meet again. That's between you and God. You pray on that and ask what God's plans are. And then you follow what God tells you. Let us pray. Receive our offerings, precious God, as an expression of our thankfulness. We're aware that the greatest gifts we, we receive are not material, and we ask you to show us how to best use the gifts you've bestowed upon all of us. We know our material blessings can be a blessing to others, and we freely and cheerfully offer these gifts to you today for your kingdom work. May many be blessed through our sharing of these offerings, as well as the sharing of our time and love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Serve the world as transformed by God. Let others know God's mercy and forgiveness by your witness. 
Seek to follow Jesus and trust in God. Display God's love through your love for all mankind. Discern and do God's will and use well the gifts he has given each and every one of you. And brothers and sisters, remember that God is on our side as we leave this place today. Now please receive the benediction. Now may you be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. May you be filled with joy today and every day. May the master proud his love on you so it fills your life and splashes over on everyone around you. And may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Until we meet again, may God bless you and keep you. My bride and I miss you. We just pray that you stay safe and stay in the word. God bless.